This day has been named Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And so it's a day for us to remember the gift of life that God has given us and how precious that gift is. And so um, this date in January, or I guess it's a different date, but it's around this time of year, uh, every year has become an opportunity for Christians to remember the gift of life that God has given to them. Now, some people may see this day as a political battle day of sorts, but instead of doing that, uh, instead I'd like us to look to God and just to hear what He says about life. Let's hear what He thinks about human life. So let's begin with His Word. And as we read God's word about life and God's intentions for our lives, I believe it's going to lead us away from death. Because as we seek God's life for us, it not only leads us to make a wise conclusion about abortion, but it also shapes and affects all of our choices. As we read God's word, we begin to realize that we make choices every day that either lead us to spiritual life or spiritual death. When Moses spoke to the Israelites just before they entered the promised land, in Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20, he said, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that your children may live and that you may love the Lord God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. Did you catch that last part? The Lord is your life. That means more than the Lord gives you life, the Lord is your life. So, When you and I move towards the Lord and His plans for our life, we are moving towards life. And when we move away from the Lord, we move towards death. The Israelites in this text were at a critical point in Deuteronomy 30. They had been led by Moses in the desert for 40 years, and they were about to enter the promised land. And if you know the story, Moses was not allowed by God to enter. And so... He has some last critical words that he wants to share with the people at the end of Deuteronomy 30 about choosing life or death and how they would do that in the days ahead. And I've invited Dave Burnley to come up and to read that scripture for us. Verse 11. Now what am I commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven, so you will have to ask who will ascend into heaven and get it and proclaim it to us that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you would ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and is in your heart so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death, and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land and you will, and you, that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away, to bow down to other gods and to worship them. I declare to you this day that you will certainly 
be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Moses lays out the choices ahead for the Israelites, and likewise, you and I are faced with choices every day. Some of them may seem small, uh, for example, what we wear or how we use our time or what to eat, but other choices are more significant. Um, and they affect our future, like our schooling or our career or where we're going to live or whom we're going to marry. Yet all of all the choices with which you and I are faced, I don't believe there's none as important as how we, as created in the image of God, will respond to our Creator. When we sort through all of our choices, and when you sort through all of your choices, How does a relationship with Jesus Christ figure into that equation? There's perhaps no greater choice facing us each and every day of our life than that choice. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning, is this question of how do we choose life every day? Seems like an appropriate question for Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. How do we choose life every day? Well, first of all, if you're taking notes, we see in verses 11 through 16 that we choose obedience over excuses and disobedience to God. We choose obedience over excuses and disobedience to God. And so, is there something that God has been prompting you to do? And when God asks you to do something, do you make excuses? I think we all do at some point. And uh, I see that in our culture, there's, there's really no new excuses. Um, thousands of years, and we still seem to have the same excuses that the Israelites had. Uh, and if you think about it, what excuses do we use when God is prompting us to do something? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, God, that's way too hard, too, too difficult for this guy. Verse 11, Moses says, Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you. Hmm. Well, okay, you know, that's, that's a great idea, God, but that, that sounds like it's way beyond me. I mean, I, I don't think I totally understand this or am capable of, of, of figuring this out. I'm probably not capable... Um, I think probably one of the elders or the deacons or or the pastor could probably do that. That's probably something for them. Way beyond me, Lord. Verse 11. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in the heavens so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it And proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. So we've got to stop making excuses. 
1 Samuel 15.22 says, To obey is better than sacrifice. God wants our obedience. And please know that our works and our obedience don't save us. Don't, don't hear me wrong. We are saved by grace through faith. But our obedience are acts that flow out of a heart that's yielded to God. And that's what God wants. He says to obey is better than all your sacrifices or things that you give. So why should we be obedient? Well, as we read through the Bible, it tells us about characters such as Daniel and Noah and Joseph and Moses and others who are obedient to God's command. And God does some amazing things in them and through them. The Bible also tells us of disobedient people. Think of Cain or Saul or Samson and how things went downhill for them. And in our text this morning, Moses tells us that there are great incentives for us to be obedient. I mean, you you talk about an incentive package. Look at verses 15 and 16. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. So tremendous blessings come as a result of obeying God. And so think about what the world would be like if everyone obeyed everything that God said in His Word. If we were all fully obeying God all the time, the world would be, would be like heaven on earth, I believe. We choose life every day by choosing obedience to God over our excuses and our disobedience. Secondly, we choose life every day when we choose God above idols. Idolatry is our human tendency to value something or someone in a way that hinders the love and the trust that we owe to God. And if you think about it, it's an act of theft from God in which we use some part of creation in a way that steals from the honor that's due to God. To put it very simply, in idolatry, we put the gifts above the giver. The thing or that person is an idol. And, and these can be very good things as well. A lot of times we think of them as bad things or wooden objects or something. No, these can be good things. Anything that we value above God. These can be our families, perhaps. Or maybe we tell God, I'm going to live in a certain place. This is where I'm going to live. Maybe you want me to go over there, but I'm not doing that. This is... No. And we've made it an idol. We've made that place an idol. Maybe we demand something of God. It's idolatry. And so the way out of idolatry is for us to love and trust the gift giver apart from his gifts. To love the Lord above all things in any type of situation. Now I know that's not easy. But if we love the gift giver first and above all things... Then we'll be able to love and appreciate his gifts. The gifts that he gives us will not be given too much power in our lives. And we won't fail to be thankful for them. We can truly be free 
and not in bondage or addiction to anything that cannot fulfill or give us God's peace or take God's place. That's why Jesus said the greatest command was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And some of you are saying, oh, there he goes again. He always mentions that. Well, that's the greatest command. That's what Jesus said. And God has given us every good thing that we are and have. And and yet, because of our sinful nature, idolatry occurs because we desire to be in control or we desire security. And so it's very easy for us to control or to manipulate or to take credit for the gifts. But this is idolatrous rebellion against God. And so we need God to live freely in unselfish love. And hopefully... As we mature, we can learn the hard way that we we can't provide ourselves with security and safety. We learn, hopefully, that we lack the needed power to love others unselfishly. Because on our own, we wither in our selfishness, and then we spiritually die. And so the same choice that was before the Israelites is before you and I this morning. Between God and and his gifts. And we see from our text that the stakes are high. Listen to verses 17 and 18. But if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. How do we choose life every day? Well, as we said, we obey Him, we choose Him above all things. And thirdly, we choose life and blessings over death and curses. And we see in verse 19 that this isn't a choice that's like cake or ice cream for dessert. This is a choice that's involving life or death. And and what's more important than that? And so, in light of that, all of our choices fade away. They become meaningless when eternity is before us. Uh, Early on in my Christian life, uh, a brother who loved me came and he said to me, you know, God loves you just the way you are. And I I liked hearing that. I I liked the sound of that. The only problem is he didn't end with that. He said, God loves you just the way you are. But he loves you far too much to leave you that way. In other words, we choose Christ, but every day afterwards we renew that choice. It affects how we live. And so God is not talking about suffering and pain versus good health and laughter. He's talking about quality of life. He's talking about having something worth living and dying for. In verse 19, Moses said, I set before you life and death. And if we don't know how to choose life, then we choose death by default. We choose death when we reject God's Word in our lives. We choose death when we desire nothing more than getting what we want or when we want it, regardless of what God wants for our life. We choose death when we say that God's will comes first, but then we live like God doesn't even exist. You see, God calls us to make a choice, and there's no middle ground. And so 
not choosing is just as wrong as choosing wrongly. To stand in the middle is to choose death. William James once said, when you have to make a choice and don't make it, that is in itself a choice. Moses wanted the Israelites to understand that the choice of life was a choice that they would have to make every day of their lives. And for you and I, our choices not only affect our life, but they affect the lives of others who follow after us. We see that also in verse 19. Moses says, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And so you might think that your choices only affect you. But that's not true. You're connected to a family. And and you're connected to a church family. And so choose life. Choose life. Choose life by being obedient by rejecting other idols, by making an intentional choice to live for God each day. And finally, you and I choose life each day when we choose to love God above everything else. I know it sounds like I said that before, but look at verse 20. It explains it a little bit differently. Verse 20 says, That you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him, For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses wanted them to understand that this choice is not a one-and-done kind of decision. It's a decision to keep on choosing. And so our belief carries us to the cross of Christ for God's grace and forgiveness And that belief calls us to love God and to listen to God's voice and to hold fast to God continuously. And so you and I don't love God for a fleeting moment and then move on. And I know that because the love of God in this passage is used as a verb. It's not used as a noun. It's not a description of an emotion. But it's an action word that defines the nature of a relationship with God. The call to listen to God is not describing a moment when God speaks and we hear, but a lifetime of moments when we listen for and we hear God's voice for our lives. The invitation to hold fast to God, to cling to God, is not an embrace in times of crisis, but a choice to hold on with everything that you have all the time. Moses wanted the people to understand that the choice for loving God over other things in life was a choice that they would have to make every moment of their lives. And that's why this is one of the last things that he sends them before he'll never see them again. To sacrifice, to make wise choices. During World War II, uh, Winston Churchill was forced to make a sacrificial decision or a painful one. Uh, the, the British Secret Service had broken the Nazi code and they had informed Churchill that the Germans were going to bomb Coventry. And so at that point, Churchill had two choices. He could evacuate the citizens and save hundreds of lives, but if he did that, that might indicate to the Germans that the code was broken. So he could also take no action 
which would kill hundreds of people, but it would keep the information flowing that possibly could save many lives later. An agonizing choice, terrible choice to have to make. But Churchill had to choose, and so he chose the second, opting to sacrifice some so that others could live later. The choice of sacrifice was deemed necessary. I tell you that because I think that's the very point of our passage here in Deuteronomy and later on in the book of Romans. That God chose the death of His one and only Son so that later we could be declared perfect. Based not on our own record, but on having our sins atoned by Christ's death on the cross. So that we might also be credited as righteous due to Christ's perfect obedience for us. And so now the choice is before us this morning. Because of Christ's death, God, who is your life, will empower you to choose life if you let him. God chose the death of his son so that he might enable you to choose life. And so how will you respond? Will you respond? If you decide not to choose or respond, you've already made the wrong choice. My encouragement this morning is to choose life. Be obedient. Reject idols. Decide to follow Him each day and love Him above all things. For the Lord is your life.